It's October 19th, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Cottonor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. Russia continues its attacks on Ukraine's energy infrastructure. The Kyiv Independent is reporting that yesterday, Russia launched three strikes on a remote neighborhood in Kyiv, hitting a power facility and killing three employees working at the site, according to Kyiv Mayor Vitaly Klitschko. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said 30% of Ukraine's power stations have been destroyed since October 10th when Russia intensified its strikes on critical infrastructure across the country. All regions across Ukraine should be prepared for possible power, water, and heat outages due to further Russian attacks on infrastructure, deputy head of the president's office, Kirylo Tymoshenko, said on TV. The Guardian is reporting that Elnaz Rakabi, an Iranian competitive climber who recently competed in South Korea without wearing a headscarf as required of female athletes from the Islamic Republic, received a jubilant welcome on her return to Tehran. The furor over Rakabi competing on Sunday without a hijab came as protests sparked by the death in custody on September 16th of a 20-year-old woman entered a fifth week. An Instagram post on an account attributed to Rakabi described her not wearing a hijab as unintentional, though it was not immediately clear whether she wrote the post or what condition she was in at the time. The Iranian government routinely pressures activists at home or abroad, often airing what rights groups describe as coerced confessions on state television. If you're having deja vu, it's because this situation is very similar to that of Peng Shui, the Chinese tennis player who, after writing about being sexually assaulted online, was detained, forced to make a denial, and disappeared a little less than a year ago. It shouldn't be surprising to us that Iran is using the same authoritarian playbook as China, but what continues to frustrate me is that we have yet to come up with an effective response. North Korea conducted two artillery drills mere hours apart late last night and early this morning, with the shells landing in a maritime buffer zone in the Yellow Sea in violation of an inter-Korean military agreement, South Korean defense officials said today. According to South Korea's Jung Ang Daily, Seoul's Joint Chiefs of Staff said that North Korea fired more than 100 artillery shells from coastal areas of South Huanghei Province at 12.30 p.m. local time today, and last night it fired around 250 artillery shells into waters off its eastern and western coasts. A spokesman for the General Staff of the Korean People's Army in Pyongyang said Wednesday morning, that the North's military conducted a threatening and warning firing drill Tuesday night as a powerful military countermeasure against South Korea's military exercises. South Korea began its annual field training exercise on Monday. The drill is scheduled to end on October 28th. Elsewhere from Deutsche Welle, the Ethiopian federal government on Tuesday 
said it has taken control of three towns in the northern Tigray region. The Ethiopian National Defense Force has taken control of the towns of Shire, Alamada, and Koram without fighting in urban areas, a government statement posted to Twitter said. The Tigrayan forces, meanwhile, confirmed losing control of the key and populous town of Shire to the federal forces. Tigrayan authorities are now urging citizens in the region to fight back. The federal government had on Monday said it wanted to take control of airports and other federal facilities in Tigray, claiming it is necessary to seize key infrastructure in the north to protect airspace and distribute humanitarian aid. It added that it was committed to the peaceful resolution of the two-year-old conflict with the Tigray People's Liberation Front and its allies. The BBC reports that up to 30 former UK military pilots are thought to have gone to train members of China's People's Liberation Army. The UK is issuing an intelligence alert to warn former military pilots against working for the Chinese military. A spokesperson for the Ministry of Defense said the training and the recruiting of pilots does not breach any current UK law but officials in the UK and other countries are trying to deter the activity. It is a lucrative package that is being offered to people, said one Western official, adding that money is a strong motivator. Some of the packages are thought to be as much as $270,000. The retired British pilots are being used to help understand the way in which Western planes and pilots operate information which could be vital in the event of any conflict such as over Taiwan. At least eight people were killed and 13 others were injured by explosions at Myanmar's biggest jail, according to reporting from Singapore's The Straits Times. Three officials and five visitors died at Yangon's colonial-era NCN prison after two explosions went off at 9.40 a.m. local time near the facility's parcels counter. It is unclear what caused the explosions. Representatives of the prison and the military government could not immediately be reached for comment. A witness told Reuters soldiers at the prison had opened fire in response to the blasts. Prison staff and couriers who were seriously injured were evacuated from the prison. As migrants, especially Venezuelans, struggled to come to terms with a new U.S. policy discouraging border crossings, One small town in southern Mexico is unexpectedly playing host to thousands of migrants camped far from the U.S. border. According to the AP, San Pedro Tapanetapec had 7,000 migrants, about 70% of which were Venezuelan, when the AP visited at the beginning of October. By Monday, Mayor Humberto Perezales estimated the number had grown to 14,000, though the AP could not independently verify that figure. While many Venezuelans had planned to make their way to the U.S. border, the new U.S. policy says only those applying online and arriving by air will be admitted. Border crossers will simply be expelled. And in lighter news, the AP reports that a new study finds that some people really are mosquito magnets, and it probably has to do with the way they smell. 
The researchers found that people who are most attractive to mosquitoes produce a lot of certain chemicals on their skin that are tied to smell. Out of the favorites, the researchers found a common factor. Mosquito magnets had high levels of certain acids on their skin. These greasy molecules are part of the skin's natural moisturizing layer, and people produce them in different amounts, Voschel said. The healthy bacteria that live on the skin eat up these acids and produce part of our skin's odor profile, she said. But the research could help find new methods to repel mosquitoes. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Last weekend, we spoke with Jacob Stokes, a senior fellow at the Center for a New American Security, about the Chinese Communist Party Congress. If you aren't a member, go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.